Hello and welcome to the Talking Bible Podcast, episode 22. Uh, today we are going through James chapter 2. Again, this is our part 2. Um, you should probably go back to the last one, um, just stopping you here. It's probably a good idea because then you get a fuller picture of the message that James is trying to convey. Yeah. Um, if you don't know us, my name is Brayton Osterweil. I am a youth pastor at the Lighthouse Church in Vancouver, Washington, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Blondino, who is the head usher and also a leader in the youth group at the Lighthouse. Um, but before we get into the word, um, let's pray. Yeah. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you are continually providing, Lord. I just ask that you would um, provide the manna for today Um, just your word and that you would implant your word into the listener's hearts um, and that this would be of profit to your kingdom, this podcast, Lord. Um, We just dedicate this to you. We come humbly before your feet, knowing that you are the author and finisher of our faith, um, that you are the one who gives us the words to speak and to say, Lord. Um, And I'm just so thankful that we are able to walk in your spirit, Lord. Um, so we just pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. righty. So we're, um, I don't think, I don't think you said the verses. So it's, uh, this, this is part two and we're going to go through verses, uh, from verses 14 all the way down to 26. 26. Yeah. And this is James two. So yeah, definitely go check out that last episode because we were, this is kind of expanding on, on some of those issues. It's a different topic, but it's uh, a different idea, but definitely an expansion. Yeah, definitely expansion. So, okay. First verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also by faith itself, if it does not have the works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you? Uh, but do you not? But do you want? Uh, but do you want to know? Sorry. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see the faith? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, it's definitely convicting, but it's a good one. Um, just if you're still here and you haven't gone back to the other episodes, um, let's just provide a little bit of context. So this, this book, the book of James was written to the Jews. Yeah. It was written to the Jews. That is his main target audience. Um, and he brings up concepts that the early church Jews, um, Jewish Christians were dealing with. Um, and this concept of faith and works salvation, all of these things the church was wrestling with. Like yeah. we talked about in the last episode, the church is only about 15 years old. Yeah. 15 years young. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
They so, have all these issues they're trying to figure out and and come to terms with. Yes. And faith versus works, like this is just another issue that that they have to uh, have to figure out. And we get more of it from 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 Paul a little bit later. You see, well, you see, since Galatians and James are one of the the earlier letters mm-hmm. in the New Testament, you see that this is an issue that is being dealt with by both of these highly respected teachers. Yeah. Um, James was the bishop in Jerusalem. So he was speaking to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul was over working Galatia at that time. Mm-hmm. So 44 to 48 AD is the approximate timing of the, the book of James when it was written. Yeah. Um, it was also written during a famine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on. Um, as is the case with most of the things that are happening in the in the early church, in the New Testament, in yeah. the church now, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, of things that people struggle with, that people deal with. Yeah. Um, it just comes with the times. But this was the particular thing. And and um, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And a lot of people might take it weirdly and they might say, oh, this is, this is fake news, right? And Because they struggle with it, right? Mm-hmm. But you really have to dig deep um, to what the meanings actually are. So, uh, without further ado, let's let's break it up into into sections and let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. So, what does uh, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, "Depart in peace, be warmed and filled," but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Yeah. It's I I'm this is relevant, I think, today. I mean, we live by Portland and the homeless situation is incredibly is incredibly difficult. And um Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon, yeah. yeah. It's it's um and so we we do have some some hands in uh different facets of ministry to to yeah. the homeless homeless ministry. But I, this was really convicting to me because it seems like every single day I talk to somebody that gives reasons for why they don't care for the homeless people and why they're angry about the situation of the homeless people mm-hmm. um, and that they don't want to help because they say that it's enabling them. But I think it's, we're called to serve these people. Like, I don't think, like, they always bring up the reasons for how they got into this situation. They always bring up the um, you know, bad choices and the the bad decisions that they made to get themselves in the circumstance that they are in. Yeah. But this isn't talking about the, like when Jesus sat with the tax collectors and sinners, Jesus didn't, it's, he knew how they got to the place that they were at. Yeah. And he didn't judge them for it. He sat with them and mm-hmm. he, he ate with them. We're called to serve these people. And it's, it's, it's a, it, it should show through our faith by our works that, that we should be serving these people. This is something that should naturally be coming out of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're called to serve these people. And this is an opportunity. You showing the love of Jesus to these people and feeding them and making them warm. Mm-hmm. That's how you share the love of Jesus. And once, once they're introduced to him and they accept him into their heart and accept that relationship with him, their past is gone. Yeah. And I think we need to see past how they got to the situation that they're in. And help them out and feed them. And like I don't, we talk about enabling them. If they find the one thing that they need is Jesus to change their life. The one thing that they need to hear is the good news to change the trajectory of their life. Mm-hmm. And by not 
you, 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 it's, it's, it's just like what the previous section that we talked about where you're like negligent about it. Yeah. Where it's like, you're serving these other people when the people that are most in need are the homeless people or the people that don't have food and, and mm-hmm. a place to stay at night and are sweating in, immensely and are in the, the, the heat wave that we just got out of like they're in need. Yeah. Is it not sin to willingly not serve them? Showing favoritism to the people at your church versus the people out on the street. Yeah. That's sin. He just, James just said that it's sin yeah. in the previous section. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's convicting to me. Yeah. Kind of the picture that I get from this first section is James is obviously speaking to the Jews. The picture that I get is that there are people that say, well, I'm, I'm following, I'm following the law. You know, going relating back to the last portion of of James, where he's talking about the law, and he's like, "Are you gonna are you gonna live by the law of liberty? Mm-hmm. You know, or are you gonna live by the law?" Mm-hmm. Well, then you deal with these people who are saying, "I'm living by the law, right?" So why should I go and have to serve all of these people in the community that are starving? Yeah, because at that time they were dealing with a famine. Why should I have to serve these people? Mm-hmm. Why should I have to go out and do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm following the law, then I'm good, right? If I have faith in Jesus and I'm following the law, then I'm good. Um, so that's kind of the picture that I get, you know? And James is speaking to these people and he's saying, no, no, walk in the spirit, do what God is calling you to do. Which um, in in Galatians, it talks about, you know, well, no, earlier, Earlier in James, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. I'm going through two studies right now, and James is one of them, and then Galatians, Galatians is another one, um, which is interesting because they were written so close together. That is interesting. Um, and they're two different views. Two different views, kind of same picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but James, earlier in uh, ch- chapter 1, verse 27, um, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one self unstained by the world. Yeah. There's action with it. Yeah. He's he's calling them to action. So there's these people who are in the Jewish church at that time, the Jewish Christian church in the assembly and they're saying, "Well, I'm living by the lie of faith in Jesus. I believe that he came to save me. Um but I don't have to care for the widows and the poor." Mm. Right? I don't have to do that. Yeah. Cuz that's just not my job. I'm already saved. Why do I need to do all this and that? Um, So he's dealing with that. He's dealing with people's faith and faith is such like, he's not saying that you are justified by faith. You are, I mean, sorry, justified by works. You are justified by faith, but with that faith brings out works. Mm -hmm. Paul goes over this. James goes over this. um, The apostles. Yeah. They go over this. Um, and that is that is the point. That is the point that is trying to be made here. Um, that through your faith, there is evidence. It is Your faith is evidenced by your work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So your faith comes first, but then from that faith, works come. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see this so much, so much in the modern church. I don't know if we... Um, I go to that yet, but you can see it so much in the modern church. We'll just go to it. You can see it so much in the modern church, just with the amount of people, um, like the 2080 percentage, 20% of the, 
of the people in the church are doing the work. So the volunteering and the the paid ministry, right? 20% are doing that. But also 20%, the same statistic, are doing the giving, the tithing. And that is upholding the church in modern America. Now, connecting that to connecting that to James right here, is that saying that only 20% of the church is actually saved? We can't make judgments like that. Yeah. We can't make but it, judgments. But, but it is it is a convicting thought. Yeah. Where we have this church that's willingly sitting back and not doing anything. Yeah. Which means that we're not... I mean, James is very convicting. It's a convicting book. It is a in it but it's meant to be convicting. Exactly. No, that that's 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 what I'm trying that's that's the point. Yeah. We can't be a church that sits back and doesn't do anything. Yeah. If the Holy really, Spirit is totally contradictory to that. Yeah. It's I uh, yeah, I mean I've just madly madly convicted by this. Just just in the sense that so much of the church I just see it today where nobody wants to step up. Nobody wants to do the bold and courageous and and step out and be choose to be uncomfortable yeah. by the works that the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna volunteer for youth ministry, missions ministry. I got. I got homeless ministry. Homeless ministry. Yeah. I got game day on Saturdays. Yeah. I'm not giving up my Saturdays. Yeah, you know, oh, I got to screw up my whole schedule. Oh whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. To serve Jesus. Yeah. Oh gosh, poor me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just interesting because the way that the way that James and some of uh, you know, I know Paul does, um, they talk about themselves like the bond servant of Christ. We're mm-hmm. repaying like our works isn't to add anything to our salvation, but our works are a natural thing to try like to. We're not trying to pay. Well, in a sense, we're trying to pay off a debt that we can't afford, but it's it's works that God set up for us. Like yeah. this isn't adding anything to what I get. This is this is simply out of. Jesus paid his life for me. I'm laying my life down for him. Yeah. Whatever he wants to do with my life. That and that's true faith. Like, like that's saving faith. That that I will lay down my entire life. I got to take up my cross to follow Jesus. Yep. Not everybody's willing to do that. Not everybody's willing to take up their cross and lay down their life to yeah. follow Jesus. Yeah. And that's what we're called to do. That's what Jesus said. It's difficult following Jesus. The price of discipleship is incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. It's oh, expensive. Yeah. It costs your life. Mm-hmm. Salvation is free. Mm-hmm. But discipleship is expensive. Yeah. And we need, I mean, not following Jesus, like the price, the the the, the price that we're paying here, mm-hmm. it's so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it following Jesus. Mm-hmm. This world passes away. All of this is all of this, all of the riches, all of the the momentary, temporary happiness that you can gain from this world. It all goes away. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's eternal is Jesus. Yeah, and He's so so good. Yeah, it's a call. It's a call to get up, get up, and start doing. Yeah, right. Yeah, we need that. We need to follow Jesus mm-hmm. because He's He's done so much already for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it says, when it talks about, you know, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, yeah. and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm yeah. and be filled. You know, the picture that I get, there was this um, movie, it was called Small Groups, mm-hmm. I think. And it was a comedy. It was a Christian comedy. And the picture I get is there was a mission trip in this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, 
there was this guy. He's the picture of the modern Christian who's just like, he's telling all these stories of all the things that he did and all the places that he's done. But he's really, he's not doing it for Jesus. He's doing it for himself. For himself yeah. He's narcissistic. Mm. He's He's got these tendencies. And he's he's telling all, like he's, he's basically only doing it for the audience, mm-hmm. right? Um, the picture is I... The, the picture that I get of this person that's going up to these people who are poor, in need of clothing, mm-hmm. in need of food, like they're just doing it for an audience. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it to say, oh, you're good. Jesus will provide for you. I don't have to sacrifice any of myself for you to be filled, mm-hmm. for you to be clothed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. We are the ones who are called to that, to the service of those who are in need. Yeah. You know, and that that's interesting too, because it was like, that was one of the reasons why the early church avoided a lot of the persecution that they could have had was because without the Christians, the early, the early church, Christianity served the poor, served the widows. Yeah. And the orphans. Yeah. And the orphans. And if the church wasn't there, then the Roman government would have to deal with all of these orphans, all of these poor, all of these widows, while the early church, the Christians in their communities were serving these people, mm. you know? I don't know. It's it's like, it is a weighty call, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, and like, we have conversations like this, like, oh, like when you get down, when you're when you're serving in ministry or whatever, like if we're just being real, ministry's rough. Ministry is tough. You're dealing with the enemy every single day. You're dealing with the enemy, like in youth ministry, you're dealing with the enemy attacking young people to the extreme in our culture. Like they're on their phones. They have access to see basically anything, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, the stresses of the world, they could be getting anxiety. They could be, um, envious over what people have envious of their like different body types or whatever, looking at pornography, mm-hmm. look, you know, l- lusting all of these different things, all of these different temptations you're dealing with the world. Yeah. 24 seven. Yeah. And you're speaking into these kids lives. You're being the, the, the rock, the foundation, yeah. right? You are being the hands and feet of Jesus in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's rough. Yeah. It's rough, but all you can do is serve. Even when it gets rough, all you can do is serve. But it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so it's, beautiful. Right. Like even in our sufferings, like, you know, where where Paul says, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. It's like what we do is so valuable. Mm-hmm. It's so important yeah. that we are living and, and, and the fact that we are living so contrary to our flesh and that it's dying is like, oh, I am, I'm living for Jesus. I am living for Jesus. I'm no longer living for myself. And even though I'm dying in one way, I am living so much more in another way, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, like what James is, is speaking to. He's, he's speaking to the spiritual principle of, of doing. Yeah. Of acting. Well, and then even in that same, even on that same line of thinking, just like what James one talks about at the beginning, mm-hmm. like serving brings on trials yeah. that builds your faith. Yeah. Like that's the, it builds in you a perseverance that pushes through these trials, mm-hmm. which is an interesting piece. 
like by your serving, bringing about these trials, it builds up your faith even stronger. Yeah. Which is, man, it's just, it's so interesting how everything connects, you know? I mean, yeah, it's so interesting. And you, you see it throughout, like just going through studies mm-hmm. of different books, mm-hmm. just how many things connect, how many things just work together and flow together. And it's like, you, you obviously know that this wasn't contrived by some human imagination. Yeah. Like, of oh, course yeah. it was, it it was, it has to be inspired by a greater authority, a greater power because it, it flows. Yeah. It flows from a different vein. One that is not of the human mind. In the, uh, I'm taking that old Testament survey class and, uh, um, Kayla's teaching it and she brought, she, uh, showed a picture of the, it's like all the different connections. It's a beautiful yeah. picture. It's like, a, it's, it's really an interesting picture, but it shows all the connecting points of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's this like rainbow colored kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I haven't seen it. No. Oh, I'll show it. I'll show it to you after this. Uh, it's basically, dude, it's a beautiful picture from Genesis to Revelation, all these different books of the Bible, just how they connect and all it's, it was a massive project. You yeah. can literally just look up a Bible connection image uh, in Google and it'll probably come up first, first thing. It's a mm-hmm. really interesting picture, but it just shows how, how the Bible connects to itself. All the different references from New Testament prophecy or Old Testament prophecy to, uh, you know, creation, like the fall and the connections between the fall or, or Eden and, and revelation and heaven and everything. It's just, it's such an interesting picture wow. um, of all the different connections. I'll show it to you after this. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm reminded of with you're bringing up just like this was divinely inspired. Like oh, there's yeah. no way around it. Once you see, once you look at this image and see how everything connects to itself, mm-hmm. like there's no denying it. There's no denying it. No. Like yeah. the, the evidence for the, the truth of the word is it's not overbearing to force people into believing it, but it absolutely is convincing to have faith enough mm-hmm. that you can rest your life on. Yeah. Like you have to deal with hardened hearts and deal with um, emotions and pain. And that's what people are. It's not purely a logical decision to believe in the, in what the Bible says. Yeah. There's, there are so many factors that play into there it. There is some level of uncertainty in order to have faith. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, I am convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I am convinced wholeheartedly. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. The piece that really gets me the most is the the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. Yeah. You fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament. Some of them are really, really specific. Like these aren't, these aren't vague prophecies. Mm-hmm. And these were written hundreds of years before. Like there was even, there's even prophecies about, um, the Messiah hanging on a tree hmm. and yeah, cruci- yeah, yeah, yeah. crucifixion wasn't even invented yet. Yeah. And like some of these, they're just crazy to me, but that's like one of the biggest pieces that, that uh, somebody ran the numbers on it and I don't know the number. I'd have to look it up. I might share it in maybe the next podcast or something. But like the it's percentage like it, of it happening. Yeah. Of, of a man living and fall and fulfilling all of these different prophecies. And it's like, yeah, some astronomical number with a crazy amount of zeros behind it. But, Oh, but with time, Yes. It would happen, exactly. right? Yes. No, no, no. That's no. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the thing, one of the things about Jesus that one of the prophecies that were fulfilled that I just find is extremely like, why would the why would the Pharisees even do this? It's like the sour wine and using the the sponge mm-hmm. to bring it up to his mouth. Like the the, the prophecy about him drinking sour wine. Mm-hmm. Like this is the cup that you know, like. The fact that they would do that, like God would influence the situation so that they would fulfill that prophecy and yeah. then he would give himself up to the Lord and yeah. then say, it is finished. 
You I, know. I always thought the interest, another interesting one was the, the amount of money that Judas paid betraying him that he was. Paid oh yeah. Him. That, That's that prophecy. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to misquote it. What was it? Uh, like 12, 20 uh, shekels. I don't, I don't 20 remember. silver something yeah. pieces. Yeah. Something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just interesting to me that hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. before Jesus walked the earth. Yeah. They're making crazy claims. accurate claims uh-huh. to what's going to happen. Yeah. If that, that's, it's so interesting to me. It doesn't so, happen naturally. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, back to the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, back, sorry. That <laughs> back, was a back to James. Crazy side, side, side. Hey, but it's worth it. It's yeah. this, that's what you get with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Verse 18. Uh, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. That is such a cool statement by James. Such a cool statement by James because he's like, okay, you guys want to test this. All right. Test me. I am I am confident that my my works will display my faith. Yeah. You know, like because that's it's it just as much as faith, you know, faith brings works, mm-hmm. you know, works works bring faith, right? It it works inversely, right? So that's kind of like the picture that he's portraying. And I know you had something to say about this that was quite intriguing. Well, it's just it if you're wondering, like you can't calculate faith. Like there's no way of actually like measuring it. Mm -hmm. But you devoting your life and having 30 years of of, of ministry Mm -hmm. behind you, showing that you're devoted to Christ and of giving your life to share the gospel with people. Yeah. That's that speaks levels to your faith. Mm -hmm. Um and God only knows the facets of your heart. He only, he's the only one that can probably accurately calculate your faith mm-hmm. if, it, if it could be measured. Yeah. He's the only one that really knows. But, but James is just portraying that, that works is the measure of your faith. That is your quantifiable, uh, your quantifiable number, I guess, for, for, for figuring out how, if, if you have faith or not, or saving faith. Yeah. One of the things that I thought we were talking, we were going over this a little bit earlier. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was just like, you know, if a person comes up to you on the street, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you a Christian or whatever? Mm-hmm. And like, or how are you a Christian? How are you any, any different from me? Yeah. Right. Um, then you're just like, well, this I serve the poor. I, I, and it's, and, and it's not because of me. It's because what, what Jesus has done in me, like that is the testimony that you have when you continue to walk in the spirit and walk in the works that God has prepared you for. Yeah. Like so cool. Yeah. So cool. And, and a lot of people, when they're confronted by somebody who is a non-believer and they ask, how are you any different from me? I know that a lot of the responses, at least the response that I had when I was young was, oh, I'm not any different from you. I just believe that God's my savior, Mm -hmm. you know, because I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't walking as a Christian. I wasn't walking in, I wasn't walking in faith. I wasn't walking in the Holy Spirit. Like I was walking in my own way. Yeah. Ultimately, that's kind of the picture that we get of the 2080 split, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In the modern American church is, well, 80% 80% are like, eh, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. The 20% walking in the Holy Spirit. You know, and that's not to say some people are ta- ta- like 
are there to be fed, right? Some yeah. people are there to be fed and they're in a time of being fed. Yeah. Um, but that time will not always last and that's guaranteed. Yeah. You know, we have been given this gospel to and share to share it. Yeah. That's our great commission. Yeah. That's why they call it the great commission because mm-hmm. it's the greatest commission that we have. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was super, super cool. Yeah. I thought that was super cool how you brought that up and just like connected it, mm-hmm. connected it for me. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So verse 19, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Uh, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Yeah. I think the interesting piece here is like the example of dead faith is the demons. Yeah. Like, they believe in God, but they're not doing anything. Mm. And like, I, I know this is going to sound convicting, but aren't the people that aren't doing anything with their faith, they're not doing any works. Are they any better than the demons? It's a good question. Are they contributing anything to the kingdom of heaven? It's a good question. Yeah. Are they sharing the gospel? Like it's, I don't, if you don't have faith, like what is works? Mm -hmm. Works is doing things for the kingdom, doing things for God, following the call and the, and the 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 leading of the Holy Spirit, and if you're not doing that, you're just like the rest of the world. Yeah, the Spirit is the only way anything good, truly good, is going to happen in this world. Yeah, I think one of the interesting like counter arguments to what you're saying, but that can be easily disproved, would be like like this just popped in my head is like, well, the demons work to oppose God's works. Well, by hearing the gospel, by hearing the good news and not doing that, you are indirectly opposing God's work because you are not following yeah. what he has called you to. Yeah. So well, yeah. Well, so like you, you could, could totally say, oh yeah, you're, you're the same. Yeah. You're one in the same. The demons believe they do nothing. Yeah. You believe you do nothing. Yeah. You know? So to the people that he was speaking to, right? To the people who were caught up in, oh, I'm fine. I got the law. I got Jesus. I'm following that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do works. Yeah. Like he's basically saying, are you any better? Yeah. Which is, which is true. So like there's, there's only two ways to walk in this world. You're either walking in the flesh or you're walking in the spirit. Yep. Feed and the beast, and, baby. Yeah. And, and so we, we've, we've talked about this before, but in not walking in the spirit, you're walking in the flesh. Yep. And the flesh is in constant rebellion against God. Yeah. And so for the people that aren't doing the works, they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. They're not doing the work of the ministry. They're working against God. They're working in their flesh, mm-hmm. which is an end, which is, uh, there's a Bible verse about, it, I believe it's in Romans. Mm-hmm. The flesh is in, is, is enmity, enmity. Enmity between the two. Yeah. yeah. There's enmity. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's, even if you're being complacent and not doing anything, that's still sin. Like it's black and white. That's this not, that's not like the gray area that you can sit and yeah. not like, like it's, it's almost like we believe that there's a gray area because we believe like we're, we're under self, we're under grace. Yeah. But we're not doing anything. Yeah. You know, we're not following the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit isn't going to tell you to sit back and do nothing. Yeah. That's not the Holy spirit. That's your flesh. Mm-hmm. Your flesh is telling you to be comfortable. Well, and we've had conversations like this, kind of like this before where mm-hmm. we were talking about people. Oh, but these people are good. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The standard of good. We talked about it with the, uh, the rich young ruler. Yeah. Where he says you're a good teacher. Yeah. Being good, being good alone 
isn't going to save you. Right. Right? Yeah. You have to walk with God. You have to walk in the spirit and you have to be formed by the spirit, meaning follow its direction. Yeah. Yeah. So you really get like a really convicting, really convicting verse right here. I look at myself and I'm like, dang, Mm -hmm. I wasted a major like a a piece of my life, you know, following Jesus, but not following Jesus, like listening, Mm -hmm. being in the church. Yeah but being just as good as the demons. Mm. Yeah. And you can, you can listen to our stories. That's our first podcast. Yeah. Um, you well, can hear all about that. Well, but. just, just that piece that you're just talking about with like the standard of good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have this kind of idea, like we've, we've lost that, that, that picture of God as being our ultimate good. Yeah. Uh, just like the, the rich young ruler, um, where we're just like looking around at other people in the church and saying, Oh, I'm better than that person. So I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so it's like when more people start sitting back and it's so much, it's so much easier to look around and see a person that's not doing anything and just say, ah, well, they're not doing anything. So I'm not going to do anything. It's kind of, well, no, I'm being like, I'm being serious. Like that's, it's, it's when so many people are doing that, it's making it look like this is the norm for church Mm -hmm. to sit back and do nothing. Yep. Yep. Like how when that's contrary, that, that is so contrary to God. Yes. And how he wants his church exactly. to act. I know I'm being very convicting, very black and white with this one, but, but this that's, is, that's this the is, way that the message just, was exactly proposed. Exactly. Like, especially with people like, like I look at our culture, we're very hard headed. We, we have our own, like we're similar in the, in the way that we think mm-hmm. like we're Americans, mm-hmm. like at least for the people who are listening in America, I know <laughs> that Actually, shout out to all the people who are listening to other countries. I think the second second most listens are from the UK. So shout out to you guys in the UK. Oh, nice. Um, but for people in America, we're very hard-headed. We're all about freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to bear arms, the right to bear arms. So we're very set in our own ways, yep. right? So when we- Very individualistic. Very indi- individualistic. Nobody's going to tell me to do nothing, Yeah. right? So when we go into church and we see that and we see, you know, like this, this standard, right? Yeah. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Right. So when, when you're in the, like, I don't know, it's just like, well, we have to go against culture to do what this is saying. We do have to go against, we have culture. to go against that individualistic like exactly. mindset. We have to work against that. And so, um, but that's, that's one thing about walking with Christ is that we're, like it doesn't matter your culture, like you're going to be conformed to exactly. the image of Christ regardless exactly. of the culture. And so like for us, like that's what we're working against as, as Americans. Like I can't speak to the other country. I can't speak to other countries, but I can, but I can speak to that. Jesus needs to break this down inside of us. Like, oh yeah. Like this is a, this is, this is a, this is an issue. Yeah. A big issue. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we're so individualistic that we're like, we're, uh, it's almost like we're quarantined, you know, it's like we're separating yeah. ourselves from each other. Yeah instead of being a community and being the church, the body of Christ, the body of Christ isn't separated. Oh yeah. We're together and we're, that's how we do the work. And the body of Christ does. It works with its hands. Yeah. Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah. Get yeah. To work. That's that's a good, I've Build never heard that house. before. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, like just in terms of culture wise, like we're, we're very similar in the way that we need this. We need to be confronted and especially about this particular issue. Yeah. Well, people bring up shame and guilt and 
shame is a bad thing. Think saying that you're a bad person because of something that you did and defining yeah. yourself by that action. Like that, that isn't good. And that's what mm-hmm. the enemy uses. But guilt, conviction through guilt mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. It's when not they, a like, bad thing. Yeah. No, it's a great thing it's, for it saying is a good thing. It's telling your, you are telling yourself or the Holy Spirit is convicting you and mm-hmm. showing you how far off you are or, or, or how far off from the mark you are and the way that you need to work. And you're never got, you're a work in progress and you're never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You should always be running into like, not always, but a lot of the time you should be running into conviction in the yeah. areas that you need to work on. I remember I was overcome with conviction this last year. Uh, I was just, I, it, it was like I had this eye opening moment of just seeing how far off and how in need of a savior I was. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I'm a wreck. I'm just, I'm so far off. But that was the contributing factor to me getting so much closer to Jesus and realizing how much more I needed to change my life and change the action, the things that I'm doing in my, in my life. Yeah. That causes like, cause I've repentance. Yes. I have been, yeah. you know, able to see and receive some of the monumental change that has been spurred from Nathan coming to a point of repentance and mm-hmm. turning. Right. And that doesn't mean that everything's going to be, you know, that everything's going to be changed. Like you're in a walk, yes, right? Exactly. You're in a walk. You, you have turned. That means you are walking towards Jesus. Right. Um, so get to it, <laughs> get to walking. Yeah. Don't, don't hold this over your head. Like, Oh, I'm just a sinner and I can never change from yeah. this. Like I'm never going to be able to help anybody because I help, haven't helped anybody now. No, that means you have all the more potential to go and help whoever you are able to help Exactly. to go and serve the poor, to go and serve the people in tattered clothing. Yeah. Um, you can always go one step further. Yeah. You can always go one step further. Like, I, I don't know if it's just a daunting thing for people to get out there and like change, change how things are going, but, mm-hmm. but serving, like that's what we're called to do. We yeah. need to, we need to serve. Who's going to do it if, if not us? Yeah. You see in Jesus's ministry that he had very little, like you see like 80% of the time he was serving yeah. and then 20%, like, like the rest of the time he was away with God. Yeah. Like he was away with the father. He was resting in the father's presence. Yeah. Like he didn't, he didn't do things for himself. He did things for others so he could serve the father and to be with the father. Yeah. Which helped him serve others. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's like this contributing factor, the serving, the serving is the action. And then you're with the father. You're feeling felt. You're you, like, I know from my, from my experience, just like being in service, like you get, like there's certain periods of time and you can't overwork. But there's certain periods of time where you're just feeling, oh my gosh, I am so fed right now. Mm, like yeah, from the 100%. service. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like homeless ministry. Oh my gosh. Mm. Seeing the change in some people's lives and being able to create relationships, establishing with them and, and, and just youth ministry. The love of youth, like uh, the love of Jesus. Like yeah. I, I can't tell you, like some, some people have just like the worst taste in their mouth for homeless people. Yeah. Like they, the way they talk about them and everything like that, they won't shake hands with them or they won't even make eye contact with them. Yeah. And so when we go on this homeless walks, um, like I remember shaking somebody's hand, but they were just like so frail. They were mm. so frail. And it's just like, I don't know when the last time was that somebody shook your hand. Like I've sh- I shook their hand, but I, I don't even know the last time somebody shook. And so they aren't even treated like human beings by most people. Yeah. Like tr- like, I don't think they, I don't think people understand how little you have, like how little you have to do to make them feel known and yeah. loved mm-hmm. because they're, they're outcasts. 
Yeah. They just need love just like everybody else. Just like everybody and else. And we, we literally, in, living inside of us is the well of love. <laughs> like, like where love originated is inside of you. If you don't think you have, you have the capability of laying down your prejudice and your, your preconceived notions about, about people that need love. Where's like, the spirit? Where's the spirit? Exactly. Exactly. Where's the Are you really filled that? with saving, with saving faith? Yeah. I know that's convicting. I know that's absolutely convicting, but people need Jesus more mm. than more than you need to be comfortable. Yeah. So, man, this is <laughs> James. This is, <laughs> James, calm it down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is, yeah. Makes me want to get out and serve. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent, you know, and there's, there's times for like, you know, going out, but then there's like, you know, the, the just rugged serving yeah. where it's like, you're in your calling and you're just going through it, you know? Yeah. Um, Serving's not always going to be amazing, but it's, it's good. You're doing your work even through the bad times. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, and it's going to benefit you even if it is hard. Yeah. Like that's how God builds us up. Yep. By testing our faith. Yes. Putting it to the limit, test, testing it, bringing it to its limits. Mm -hmm. And then we get stronger. It's like, Working out. Yeah, it's like working out. Yeah. Like you get the micro tears in the muscle, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, your microfibers start to heal and they grow bigger. Yeah. So that you are able to respond yeah. to more weight. Withstand, yeah. Withstand it. Yeah. And, and you better know if you're going through a lot of trials mm-hmm. in general, let this, let this be a word of encouragement to you that God is building you up for something big. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't bring on trials for no reason. Mm hmm. And if he's testing you a lot, he's bringing on big trials for you. He has a big calling for your life. Yeah. Like that's, I can't stress that enough. I don't know what people have gone through. I don't know why God's putting this on my heart, but God's building you up for something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but he's building you up for something big. Mm-hmm. Don't discount yourself because of your trials. But, okay, what verse were we on? Verse 21. 21. Was not Abraham our father... Uh, our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son on the altar. Um, do you want me to keep going or, or can I stop on that? I actually have something for that. You have something? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, just, it's just this interesting piece. Like obviously uh, Romans comes at it from a different perspective and James comes at it from a different, like from they come, they're coming at it from two different perspectives, this faith and works. Yeah. Idea. Paul and, but Paul and James. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Paul and James. I don't know who I said. You said Romans and James. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Paul, no worries. Paul, Paul and James. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Um, they're, they're coming at it from two different angles, but in the same sense that you can talk about Abraham, where if he just had faith and didn't do anything with his life, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been credited to him as faith. Yeah. Same thing with Jesus. If Jesus believed in God, but he didn't go to the cross, he mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't live his life in ministry in full, uh, you know, humble uh, submittance to God. He would, that, that wouldn't have been, his faith or his faith wouldn't have been credited to him as righteousness. Yeah. Or he wouldn't have been justified. Yeah. Like if he didn't do anything. Yeah. Which is exactly what he, what was it, which is exactly what he's talking about. Every person in the Bible does something with that faith. They mm-hmm. do something. Daniel does something with his faith. He stands up against the, uh, the, the, the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. And David does something with his faith. Jonah, exactly. Jonah does something with his faith. Yes. Nobody sits back and does nothing. Yeah. Or they were anybody that did, anybody that did do that in the old Testament or around the times of the old Testament. They're not in this book. Mm. Like they didn't do anything for God, right? Or they were, <laughs> or they, yeah, yeah. or oh, they oh. were destroyed by some. <laughs> yeah, Chronicles okay, goes over a lot of that. That's not <laughs> what I just said. It's entirely accurate. But, um, but yeah, the people that God has 
definable relationship with and, you know, who works in people's lives are also the ones who have followed God, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and you see that, you see that repeated throughout scripture. Um, I think it's interesting. Like if you take just the, the example of Abraham, like think of if Abraham hadn't, you know, gone up with Isaac on the altar. Yeah. Think of if Abraham hadn't gone to, you know, if Abraham hadn't, you know, talked to God about Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and all that stuff. Think of Abraham if he hadn't, um, you know, circumcised him and all of the people in his village, or if he hadn't, you know, walked all the way out to the land to which he was called. Like if he hadn't done all of those things, there wouldn't be much relationship between him and God because Mm -hmm. he doesn't have faith Mm -hmm. to believe. Right. You know? So he's, he's, he's painting that picture. He's painting that picture. And I love how he does it. I love how he does it more and more. I'm falling in love with the book of James. Yeah, me too. Where I had, you know, in the beginning of faith, I think everybody has it. If you're going through James in the beginning of your faith, you're going like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. My salvation isn't, isn't secure. Mm. <laughs> like that's, that's what I was going through when I, well, it should make you sweat. If yeah. That's, if that's what you're wrestling with, it should yeah. make you sweat. But I've heard of people like, this is the most frustrating book to read. Oh yeah. They've thrown it across the room. Like I know, I know your dad did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which, which it makes sense. This is an incredibly convicting. I honestly, I had a bad day and I opened up James. I was just like, I need the word. Like I need something. And it was just like, <laughs> I, I just got wrecked. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like this is a bad idea. You know, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it has, it serves its purpose of convicting and making yeah. you strive to be, more aligned with the will of the father aligned with heavenly principles and like knowledge of what the future will look like. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah. Sorry. Which uh, 22, I think, I think, yeah, 22 and yeah. Just go. Uh, do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Um, and he, oh, sorry. And he was called uh, the friend of God. I don't entirely, I don't entirely understand the friend of God piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it's interesting that Romans brings up Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Yeah. Both Romans and James bring this up, but they're coming at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's, 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 um, it's a very interesting piece and it's one that Jews as well as Gentiles can relate to, Yeah, you know? So, but as far as like where it says, you know, and Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, like along with the belief came, you know, wanting to, you know, work for God, work yeah. for the purposes of I, God. I should have read that last verse because that kind of seals the deal on it. You see then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. He's just mm-hmm. using Abraham as an example. Yeah. Um, just like we were going through. I probably could have read through that whole section and kind of went back to what I was just saying. Yeah. Because um, this is kind of an expansion of what we just said. But, yeah. Uh, verse 25. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them, and sent them out another way? Uh, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Yeah. So Rahab wouldn't have been saved 
you know, because Rahab, if, if you don't know the story, um, this is the story of Jer- Jericho, um, the fall of Jericho, uh, which is stated in uh, Joshua. Um, I don't know specifically yeah. which chapter, mm-hmm. but basically Joshua sends out me- uh, like these, these spies into the area of Canaan. And um, the specific city was Jericho. It's like the oldest city in recorded history. And it's still standing today. Um, but he sends out these spies and these spies were getting chased by the city officials or, or whatever they got, they got found or whatever. And then Rahab finds them and hides them. Right. So she does something for these people. And then she asks only of these men that they spare her and her family. And then they give her a way out. It's a way that she is saved from the coming judgment that was to come to Jericho. Her faith, just that, first of all, that the Israelites, this was their land and that their God was coming to give them this land. And second of all, that she acted in a way that would be profitable for the kingdom of God and for the, for the servants of God, for the people of God was the thing that saved her, which is like a perfect picture of how our relation, you know, it's like we have faith in God, but along with that, like, if there's spy, if there's spies or whatever that are coming to spy, like whatever, there's there's messengers, there's missionaries. You know, you're in China, you're in a persecuted area. Mm-hmm. You believe in God, you believe that these are the messengers of God, but you don't bring them in. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be saved? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be saved? Are are you the one? Like just because you believe in God, but you don't bring in your fellow Christians, your fellow believers, you, you know, are you going to receive that justification? From inaction, interesting. Yeah, you turn them away. Yeah. Like, what does that say? Yeah. What does that say about your faith? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not to say like, oh, every single interaction, like, it needs to be led by the spirit. It needs to be led by the spirit, hundred percent. Um, but then verse twenty six. Yeah. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Yeah. That's just the final. That's, nail in the yeah, coffin. That's the final nail in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like we need, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, James chapter two, super fun. I'm glad that we split it into two parts because they're very extensive, just how you go through it. And yeah. it's like, he goes through it like an equation, like this equals this, like, you know, if you are going to judge, you will be judged. And if you are going to, like, then he goes on to the next equation. And if this is true, then if you are going to have the same judgment, right? If you are going to, you know, have the same feeling um, of the law towards works, right? That I don't have to do them. Then this is also true, mm. right? Yeah, that you're breaking the whole law. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting how he forms it that way. And it's a super cool, super cool thing. Um, but... Yeah. I don't really have anything else. I want to teach on this on a Wednesday. Yeah, that would be fun. Really bad. I really, really want to. Yeah. But I think. Yeah, that's that's all I have for this. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, all right. Should I pray us out? Yeah, let's pray us out. Lord, I just. Uh, I just want to pray that that you would instill in us a heart that wants to serve you and that is laying down its will that you would instill in us a heart that lays down its will so that we can 
follow the inclinations of the Holy Spirit, that we can follow the things that you're calling us to do, that we can serve people and show your love and be the people, be your people and be your body, God, uh, that, that, does, that does the work, that, that shows the love of Jesus with people, that shares the gospel with everybody, um, that doesn't show favoritism. Like, uh, I just pray that you would apply this to us, God, and convict everybody that needs to be convicted of this. The church needs to get up and do something. Mm-hmm. needs to stop sitting back. I just pray that you would guide us and teach us how to not walk in the comfortability of, of, of not doing what we're called to do. We look like the rest of the world when we don't do something. So God, I just pray that you would uh, do a work in us. And I just want to pray for the listeners right now. I just pray for anybody that's listening, anywhere around the world, God, I just pray that you would be with them, that, that you would show them that you're here and that you're with them, that you see them, that you see their struggle and um, just make your presence known, God. That's what we, um, that's the encouragement that I think we need today is just to know that you're there and that you'll never leave. That is enough for me. That is enough. And so God, I just thank you for everything you've done uh, in me and in this podcast and in our church and in the world. God, I just thank you for this day. And uh, yeah, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We always have a really fun time. Definitely. Um, it is very fun. <laughs> talking about the Bible and doing all that stuff. Um, so there are some ways that you can support us. Number one, prayer. Prayer is the number one way that you can support us. You can pray for us individually, or you can pray for the podcast, um, just getting more outreach, um, expanding, uh, and for God's word to be spoken to people's lives. Um, not saying that we do it explicitly. There are people all around the world speaking the word of God. So, um, but if you want to support our podcast, number one is through prayer. Number two, give us a follow or uh, a rating. Uh, I know that helps expand our reach as far as uh, getting more listeners, more people listening to the podcast and uh, being able to listen to the word. Um you know, uh, so if you are up for doing that, which is pretty easy, you just press a button and you want to listen to the podcast more often, hit that notification bell. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm on Spotify. Um, but yeah, give us a rating, give us your honest opinion. It doesn't have to be five stars, but we do love the five stars. Give us your opinion. Um, we also have a Facebook and a email. Those will be posted down below. Uh, but you can give us a follow there. And also, uh, you can let us know any questions, comments you may have, uh, just anything that you really uh, feel like we would we would want to know uh, about the podcast. We also are, we would love to have questions uh, from people. So if you have any questions that you would like us to go over on the podcast, we would love to, for some somebody to challenge us with the questions so that we are able to go out and find the answers that's always like a super, super fun thing to do. So, um, and the third way is you can support us um, and you can support us monetarily through our uh, support the show button. Um, Supporting the show monetarily helps us improve the quality of the podcast, getting more people on. Um, Like recently we got funds to buy two more microphones. So we are able to bring guests on the podcast and just do more stuff. Like we have... Um, some people from Africa that are coming soon. I know we mentioned it last week. 
Um, but um, we have people from from the Africa missions group that we partner with. Shared uh, blessings. Shared blessings. Mm-hmm. They have a school in Gambia, West Africa, which I'm going to be going to in November. So that's going to be super fun. Potentially Nathan as well. Uh, um, so yeah, we're going to have them on the podcast. We're going to have some people that we partner with in, in homeless ministry. Then we're going to have, um, one of the, one of the people on staff, uh, who goes to Moody Bible college on the podcast, and we're going to maybe do some book reviews. So more episodes coming your way and that, you know, the only way that we are able to do those things is by your guys' support. We do this, um, this is, this is part-time volunteering. We don't do this along with our jobs. So, um, and we can only put so much money towards it. So every, every penny helps. So you can do that. You can support the show. It's a monthly giving thing. So, uh, and you can decide how much you want to give, uh, down below. So yeah, it always helps. Thank you. And we appreciate it. Also, we post every Friday at 5 a.m. And Sometimes we do bonus episodes on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. So if you want to keep posted and stay on your toes for the next episode that's coming out, do it. Do it because we're always coming out with content. And like we said before last week, we're going to change up the schedule. We're going to keep on saying this. We're going to change up the schedule in November. So we're doing an episode once every two weeks um, just because it's gotten a little bit hectic with our schedules lately going into the Christmas season and, and fall and all of that. There's all of this stuff that comes up for youth ministry. Um, we were pushing them out pretty hardcore in in summer, so that's probably going to tame up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. It's always fun. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back with James 3 next week. Uh, I don't know if we're going to go through all of it or split, split it into two parts. Um, but yeah, We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, stay tuned.